You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. Hello, hello, and welcome, everybody. Today, I have a very, very special podcast, and I have an interview with the most amazing person in the business of violin. And before I announce who it is, I just want to say that she's one of the most talked about and sought after musical ambassadors to Generation Z. <laughs> she's a violinist, and she has brilliant technique. And um, as a classical musician, her passion for mentoring the youth of today to connect with audiences is so exciting and it's innovative, she's creative, she's created amazing programs for students to study with her. Then um, just to tell you a bit more, she's a silver medalist at the Emma Hall competition. Critics have acclaimed her for her dazzling technique, excellent musicianship, huge tone, poison and professional grace, and bold personality, unafraid to experiment <laughs> she has appeared in a, as a soloist uh, with various orchestras worldwide including the hong kong sinfonietta latvian chamber orchestra slovak state philharmonic and um, plano symphony and the knoxville symphony she made her new york concerto debut in 2013 um, and at the avery official hall debut in 2014. Uh, she was introduced to the violin at the age of two by her mother Heidi trevor itashiki uh, she studied with the Dallin Symphony violinist, um, Arkady Famin, and uh, she's just done so many things that I can't even pronounce anymore. <laughs> so, um, the grand, pri grand prize winner of 2006 at the Len Herald competition, and, and in 2005, Lennox competition winner of the Cleveland Institute of Music's concerto competition. Her repertoire consists of various things, uh, also Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto, Barber Violin Concerto, Mendelssohn's Concerto, Shostakovich Number no. 1, and in November, the Dallas um, Morning News described her as an artist supplying tonal refinement, technical facility, and natural musicality in her performance of Mozart's Violin Concerto No. 5. Her September 2017 performance of Glass's Violin Concerto No. 2 was hailed as thrilling and seamless by Arts and Culture magazine, bringing out the nuances and the drama inherent in Glass's music. She has toured Australia, uh, yes, Australia, <laughs> I got it right, Singapore, Spain, and Mexico, and her current and upcoming engagements include North America, Philharmonia Zalapa, the Bangor Symphony Orchestra, the Midland Symphony Orchestra, the Boulder Chamber Orchestra, and the El Paso Symphony Orchestra. So, wow, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Chloe Trevor, everybody, guys. <laughs> How are you doing, Hi. Chloe? I'm great. Thanks for meeting with me. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. It's so much fun for me, and I'm honestly starstruck. <laughs> I've been following your, your career on Instagram, and I've been watching your amazing videos, too, and they're amazing. So last year, I watched all the live streams from the Chloe Trevor Academy. So you guys, uh -huh. just in case you don't know, Chloe is a huge ambassador for students' success as modern musicians. She constantly does interactive performances, master classes, lectures, and in the past year she has created and launched her own summer camp. Um, it's called the Chloe Trevor Music Academy that you can go to the website chloetrevermusicacademy.org. You can become a student, apply because the deadline's coming up. If you have not chosen your summer camp yet, guys, and you're serious about your music program, you have to go there. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
by far one of the best programs out there today for the summer and and we are going to talk a bit more about that today so that you get to know what exactly happens inside the program what you can expect and what you can really just leave with what you can take into your life and career out of this so Chloe, the first question is, as a concert violinist, um, I understand being a violinist myself too, it's a lot of work to keep up your skill, but I imagine it's even more when you're a concert violinist. So what do you do? Like, what is your normal day like when you practice or prepare for a concert, something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't have any two days that are the same basically anymore, which is right. kind of, Kind of interesting, but mostly frustrating a lot, I guess. Um, I wear a lot of different hats, if that's not, like, obvious from my Instagram presence already, that oh, I yeah. have, like, my soloing career and my teaching career mm -hmm. and then running the camp and then running my social media accounts. It's, like, something is crazy different, like, every day. Um, and, it yeah, feels like you have that. a whole team there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I'm really like doing a lot of the stuff by myself, which is really like kind of overkill. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the hardest part is definitely like keeping up practicing and finding time to like learn music and keep things, you know, <laughs> on the front burner instead of the, the back burner. Um, right. You know, if I had all the time in the world, I would love to be able to just practice between like four to six hours a day. And yep, like, yep, I totally really agree. Really feel like I'm solid with, you know, doing scales and etudes and everything like every day and having plenty of time to work on music, but that just doesn't, you know, logistically happen, which is why I always tell students, you know, like make sure that you learn a ton of your rep and that you're really solid with your te technique and everything before you go to college because after college you won't have time to practice in college you won't have time to practice after college yep and i think most students kind of have the opposite impression they think like oh well when i'm done with high school i'll have plenty of time to practice afterwards mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like very much the opposite nope. so <laughs> so it's tricky you know i i try to fit in practicing pretty much anywhere that I can. Um, sometimes that might be getting some work done in the morning, sometimes it might be late at night, sometimes it's all afternoon, or then it's, sometimes it's 30 minutes in the morning, an hour in the afternoon, and then mm -hmm. maybe two hours at night. It just kind of depends. Um, and then I'll have days here and there where I might not get much of anything done, <laughs> and that doesn't feel very good. But, yeah, I can um, absolutely relate to that. I'm honestly like, Today, I tried to squeeze in half an hour practice between students. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking of our podcast. I'm like, you know what? I should probably practice before that just so I don't feel too bad. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just about figuring out how to have the most efficient mm -hmm. practice possible within those really small chunks of time, which in a way, you know, makes them... Um, makes you really good at doing a lot at a very small amount of time, which yep. is a good skill to have, but it is it is kind of stressful sometimes. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going through a lot of, you know, different kind of life changes right now with my family and personal life and trying to move and like doing all these different things. And I'm wow. hoping that once I have things a little bit more settled, though I you know, I also know that life is just always going to be crazy. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I have this idea in my head that once things are more settled and I like have, you know, 
a place that's smaller and my own and everything's organized and I can like really just, you know, wake up in the morning and go for a run and come back and practice for this X amount of time and then do emails from this hour to this hour. And, yeah. But I don't know if that'll happen or not, but that's kind of like my dream <laughs> to have my life organized that way. Amazing. Yeah, that sounds great. I would love that too. <laughs> so who would you say were the role models or maybe one or two that you can talk about today who have pushed you to sort of become a concert violinist well um there's a lot of different ways i could go with that answer i suppose i mean my mom was obviously my first inspiration um Mm -hmm. she was a violinist in the dallas symphony for over 35 years, I believe. Um, she had played in the symphony for uh, a number of years before I was born. And Amazing. so I kind of grew up with that orchestra and always had this dream. My dream when I was five was to play in the Dallas Symphony, like Ooh. next to my mom. Nice. <laughs> And then I got a little bit older and then I had like bigger ambitions and I was like, you know what? I want to be concert master of the Dallas Symphony. It was like my next dream because I'd like sit at the concerts mm-hmm. and I'd always watch the concert master and I loved seeing the solos and everything and um, that was really inspiring to me. But then when I was 11, like 10 or 11, I had my first real experience of playing a solo piece with orchestra. Mm-hmm. And it was with my um, the summer youth orchestra that I played with the Conservatory of Music in the Mountains in Durango, Colorado, which is uh, a summer festival that my um, my teacher, after my mom, Arkady Foman, uh, he started that camp, and I played Haydn G Major Concerto with nice. that orchestra in the summer. And I remember, like, I very vividly remember being on stage and like looking out at the audience and just being like. This is what I want to do. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about that <laughs> moment, but I will just like never forget that kind of moment where I remember very clearly feeling like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's um, amazing. So my mom was obviously like really instrumental in, haha, <laughs> instrumental <laughs> in uh, you know my my passion for music and everything. Um, and then my teacher Arkady Foman was. Um, you know, he really started getting me on the path, changing my technique and teaching me about sound projection and, mm-hmm. like, um, sound quality. And he just, like, in a matter of months, I think, from when I started studying with him when I was about nine, he just, like, completely changed my sound and my playing, like, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what a great teacher can really do for you, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was really amazing. And, and so that, you know... My mom and my teacher and my dad's a conductor, so obviously wow. he also like a whole family a part in this as well. <laughs> All of that combined with me just listening to recordings of Hilary Hahn and Gil Shahan all the time growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I just I love Hillary I too. I'm just in awe like all the time. Yeah. And so that kind of combination of all those people were what drove me to want to play better, want to play solos, want to play sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. I think Hilary Hahn's sound was probably the most um, influential for me. Like, I just really, you know, I think for Gil Shahan, it's always musicality, and Hilary Hahn is like the sound, mm-hmm. just like the like just the quality and amazing sound that she would get. Yeah. Um, oh, she's amazing. I watch her videos yeah. every time, and I'm like, I, I, I want to go practice. <laughs> 
right? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, well, why don't we guys listen to one of your recordings, right? So if you guys follow Chloe on YouTube, there's a beautiful video there of Halloween music, dance macabre with a dancer. It's so amazing. I love it. So why don't we have a listen to that track? Ready?
amazing. <laughs> I love how crisp it sounds. Like it's almost like not violin, but something else. <laughs> well, I'd be interested to hear what the something else is. <laughs> like sort of like a mini cello, right? Like oh, yeah. it has some depth to it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's that's a sign of an antique quality instrument, right? <laughs> yeah, and, people and talk a performer. People talk about a lot about the G string on my violin, mm, saying like, mm -hmm. I wish I could get that sound yeah Very awesome cool. wow so well we'll be hearing one more track today guys um meanwhile what would you say was the biggest inspiration behind your chloe trevor music academy so what has kind of pushed you to create the camp um definitely my teacher arcadi Bowman. so like i mentioned before he had the conservatory music in the mountains festival mm -hmm. which i think started um I started in the late 70s originally as it had a different name um and it changed like uh, a couple like locations and things and then we ended up being in Durango Colorado from I think like 98 forward or something or 97 97 98 forward um mm -hmm. and he was just uh, he's just was just one of the biggest hearted teachers and people that I knew. He loved people, he loved kids so much, he has such a passion for teaching. Um, he was just really giving of himself and his time and, um, and it's just like watching him teach, you know, teach me and teach other kids and then he was the conductor for our orchestra and everything and he just, I was just always really inspired by um, his passion for teaching and for music in general. Um, and for like making it fun, you know, yes. and making it, making people laugh and have fun and just, it was, it was different, it was kind of a different approach, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I grew up going to that camp every year from the age of like seven, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, it was always the thing that I looked forward to most during the entire year, like the whole year. I was just like, I cannot wait for camp. Yes. Um, and it was three weeks in July and it was always like the best time of my life. And I had the best friends there and got to perform and play chamber music and play an orchestra and play solos and, you know, just like have experiences with friends and like have just enjoy music together. And it was so inspirational to me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I got a little bit older, I think when I was about 18 or 19, I started teaching at the camp. Uh, so I started teaching some of the younger students and then I played in the professional part of the festival, which was just called Music in the Mountains Festival. Mm -hmm. And I started playing professional orchestra and teaching at the camp. Um, so That's that nice. was you know, another great thing for me to be able to like then play mm -hmm. that role um, there. And I had, my, my teacher and I had talked a couple of times about the possibility of um, me taking over the camp at some point, but like way in the future, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, this was probably when I was around 15 or 16, we talked about it a couple of times. Nice. And, and some of my friends say they remember like me talking with him about this. So um, <laughs> it was something that more people were aware of and kind of always thought that that was the right thing to happen. Um, but unfortunately, he he ended up passing away from cancer in Aww. 2014. So sorry about that. And it was a little, it was kind of, 
I don't want to say it was unexpected, but it was mm -hmm. a bit more abrupt than any of us really anticipated. And so the camp kind of got jumbled in like uh, ownership and stuff for a while. Right. And so, you know, they ended up switching over ownership and they wanted to have all new teachers. And so suddenly I wasn't really a part of it anymore. Aww. And and it was like a very distressing kind of time it's for sad, me. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I'd always dreamed of, of eventually running this camp at some mm -hmm. point. And suddenly it was like becoming very clear that that wasn't going to happen. Aww. And so I was like, you know, I've had this dream for way too long. And if this is how things are going to go, I'm, I'm just going to start my own. Yes. Well, <laughs> because it was like, I just always knew that that was something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started putting, um, you know, putting together ideas for it and raising money for it and mm -hmm. everything and, and never really thought that it would happen as quickly as it did. But apparently, I think largely due to my Instagram following and largely yes. due to just general support that I have from people, from contacts and from other musicians and things, um, everyone was so supportive of what I was trying to do that a lot of people kind of banded together and helped make it happen within the within 365 days of wow. me like and thing wanting to do it it was very strange i was like this isn't even gonna happen for, like, <laughs> we're not gonna raise enough money for like three or four years was kind of what i was thinking you know <laughs> um and then it just kind of miraculously happened within the year um that's amazing bravo <laughs> yeah so, so you know it really was, I mean, it was my mom and my teacher because just watching them, my mom and Arkady, just watching them mm -hmm. teach all the time and how much of a passion they both had for um, music. And then my mom actually also passed away from cancer last wow. year. So sorry. So both, both of the two people yeah. who were like the most influential, you know, I, I ended up dedicating the two um, scholarship funds to them. Yes. Uh, so anytime someone donates, the money goes either, you know, wherever they choose for it to go to the Arcadi Bowman Academy Fund or mm -hmm. to the Heidi Trevor um, Memorial Scholarship Fund. Mm -hmm. And the Arcadi Scholarship Fund pays for tuition for students. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's fund, um, we give out scholarship money to a few select students um, each year. Nice. to like help them further their studies um in a, an actual like cash card that's amazing so, yeah i think that that's um, what that's what gets people to sort of get together and help you out with this is because they see how passionate you are about this and mm -hmm. how you really want to make the difference in people's lives i feel like if i studied at your academy when i came to canada i would probably be a better violinist by now <laughs> Uh, I, I hope. So. I mean, my my main hope for the academy. I mean, there's it's multi-purpose, but I really just I want to make great teaching and training yes. um, available to anyone anywhere in the world, any level, and any you know, regardless of their financial ability. Because I know that one of the biggest problems for people is that money. Um, it's just money, like having money for lessons or having money to mm -hmm. go to a camp or things like that. You know, so we try to do as much as we can with um, providing up to full tuition scholarships for our students. Obviously, it gets tricky with um, 
because you know if they're from another country then they still have to figure out travel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i'm hoping that the money that they would have paid to the camp then goes towards travel instead you know mm -hmm, if i mm -hmm. give them Enough well, guys, money. Canada is not too far away, so <laughs> we can fly you all out there. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple students from Canada last year. I don't nice. know if we have any this year. There might be one. Um, but yeah, we have, uh, I think, between 14 and 17 countries represented this year. Wow. Last year we had 10, and this year we have, you know, students coming from Australia and um, I think England and do we have Singapore? I don't remember if we have Singapore. Um, I think oh. we had Indonesia last mm -hmm. year, Brazil, Mexico, uh, uh, Finland, just like all these different countries. Um, kids are coming to the camp because they know me from Instagram. Which I think That's is amazing. That well, like, the deadline's you know. approaching, right? The application deadline. When is it? It's like July something? Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> the, the deadline, you know, is flexible, but we're kind of having a hard deadline around um, within the next few days. So mm -hmm. maybe like the 15th or so, you know, because we got to get our teachers printed and our programs printed and everything, and we want to be able to include everyone. So um, guys, go ahead and apply. ChloeTreverMusicAcademy.org. It's for all string players and pianists. Uh, mm -hmm. Just if that's not clear, so violin, viola, cello, bass, and yes. piano, anyone can apply from those instruments. And pretty much any age, as long as you're 12 and up, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have multiple different programs. So we have the academy program, which is for age 12 to 8, well, it's 12 to 30, technically. Um, and then we have our fellowship program, which is for college students, mm -hmm. and we have an adult program. So if you're older than 18 and you don't feel like maybe you feel more like you're an amateur um, player or you're not mm -hmm. going to school for it or it's kind of more of a hobby or something like that, then you mm -hmm. would be, you know, a good candidate for, for the adult auditor program. That's so um, great. <laughs> so we pretty much, pretty much anyone can come, yeah. you know, as long as you're uh, 12 or older. So that's I think awesome. that's cool that we've been able to include everyone. <laughs> so would you say the camp will be growing in the past next couple of years or so? It's definitely getting bigger, right? I assume so. Um, you know, we last year and this year we've already been at the like around 100 student mark, which for the first couple of years is pretty crazy to me. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it kind of depends. I believe next year we are relocating to California, Ooh. Um, and I think we're gonna have. I think we'll have. Uh, larger facilities then so i think we'll be able to take even more students that is so that great point. um and i do eventually hope for the camp to be open to all instruments so that we can play full orchestra works full symphonic works yep. um the kids are so lucky to get to work actually with my dad as conductor his name is kirk trevor and he has conducted all around the world. He is, I think, currently wow. the most recorded conductor alive today. Wow. Um, and he just, he's, I know that it sounds like I'm biased because he's my dad, <laughs> but he really, truly is one of the most incredible musicians that I've ever known. I've seen and her live streams. I love it. I yeah. love the techniques that he's showing you guys. I feel like right. that's something that we, similar, not, not as deep, but we did something similar back home when I was seven 
one my teacher mm-hmm. has taught us the basics of conducting but this is like the whole next level <laughs> i yeah. don't think anyone ever teaches conducting much in like music programs so right. and i feel like that's well, missing yeah so, yeah so they get to they get to work with him in yeah. orchestra and then also learn conducting like you're saying yes. so they're yes. conducting classes um and i just think it would be really amazing if we could expand the program to full orchestra so that we can do like Brahms symphonies and Mahler symphonies oh, and yeah. like all the others, oh, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> because like him getting to conduct the kids for this, it was just, it would be mind blowing and I really want to get there, but I have to, you know, do it carefully because I don't want to grow too big too fast and then not yes. be able to sustain it. So step we'll by see. step. Great. Yeah. That's amazing. So what would you say would be the level of intensity? Like if somebody goes to the camp, what can they expect? Like class after class <laughs> they kind of will get whatever they want out of it honestly mm-hmm. and what they put in um you know we have i think our level this year is slightly higher than it was last year we don't have as many like beginner lower intermediate students we have more intermediate advanced to advanced students this year so i think they're going to be pretty serious anyways but even if you wanted to come um and you weren't you know, it didn't want to be like as intense. That's, um, it's possible. The schedule is busy because we do have um, theory classes, conducting classes, chamber music, and eurythmics. Nice. Um, not all of the, eurythmics is the only one that's every day. And then in theory, there's like four classes and conducting, I think there's four. And our chamber music's every day, but you have coaching every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do like 45 minute classes. So you basically have like um, breakfast from seven to eight, classes from eight to 10, which can include free periods depending on what your schedule is that day because we have different groups and things. So you might have a free period and a lesson, or you might have a free period and a coaching, or you might have chamber music and then eurythmics, it just depends. Then you have orchestra, or if you're a pianist, you have piano classes from 10 to 12, lunch from 12 to 1.30, and then 1.30 to 3.30 we do, or 1.30 to 3, we changed it this year, we're doing a, we do a seminar. Um, there's either a master class happening at that time, or there is um, a lecture given by, like sometimes I'll give social media lectures, oh, or nice. do things with the faculty about like what I wish I knew before I went to music school, just like kind of giving general advice, or um, you know there are like a lot of different topics that we'll do from that uh, one and a half hour period, and then three thirty to five fifteen are more classes, mm-hmm. then dinner from five thirty to six thirty and free period from 6.30 to 7.30, and then we have concerts or master classes in the evening, mm-hmm. almost every evening. So it's like, it's a full day of That's stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> and but, it's all you know, in we two do, weeks, three weeks? It's two weeks. Two yeah. weeks, yeah. I, I can't decide what I want to do long term. I know that I want it to be at least three, and I can't decide if I want it to ultimately be more than that or not. I just have to see how it kind of evolves, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> but, we're already having a hard time fitting everything into two weeks because we have so many amazing <laughs> like faculty coming. You know, we have um, this year Sean Chen on piano, who was a Clyburn medalist, mm-hmm. and we have Mike Block coming for cello, and he works regularly with Yo-Yo Ma on his Silk Road ensemble. Nice. And we also have Rachel Barton Pine coming for violin. So yes, we have yes. These amazing artists coming to give master classes and recitals and lectures. Nice. And then the faculty that we have already, including the ALS Quartet and um, a bunch of my other, you know, teacher friends from around the country, 
they're you know playing concerts and recitals getting classes it's like trying to fit everything into two weeks is really hard i know it's, it's a lot it's very intense so it is pretty packed but we have tried this year to switch things up a little bit to give the kids slightly more free time so they don't feel like they're just like being packed yeah. almost from <laughs> one place to the next you know, it kind of was like last year mm -hmm. but no one complained about it they all had a lot of fun yeah because i just like wanted to give them more of a break so it's exciting like you get on that yeah. you jump on the train and you just keep going right yeah and we have different levels of things you know we have different levels of theory classes different levels of your rhythmics mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about feeling like well i don't know enough to be able to get a lot out of this camp it's not it doesn't matter how much you know because mm -hmm. all of our teachers are giving multiple level classes or they'll um you know create create a curriculum that like fits you for your lesson or depending yeah. on that we have different pieces and orchestra for different levels so um really like you can just you get out of it as much as you want or as much as you put into it because there's just so much information to take in and so much to learn absolutely but you can also kind of coast through it if you don't really want to try that hard does that make sense? So you're not going to feel like overwhelmed, like I can't right. do anything. Right. It's just right. like you'll learn as much as you want. Absolutely. It's kind of like a university class, but for younger students. Yes. So Basically, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. I would love to go, but I have to work. <laughs> I know. For the, for the adult auditor program, we, we, we are letting them choose if they want to come for the first week or the second mm -hmm. week or both, because I understand a lot of adults like can't take off two weeks yeah. from work. Yeah. or something so you know we try to give them that option that's amazing so guys go ahead on chloe's uh, instagram for her um summer camp so it's chloe trevor music underscore a cat is it is it wait wait chloe trevor underscore for, for instagram <laughs> it's chloe trevor underscore music academy yes that's right and the that's website right. is chloe trevor music academy.org mm -hmm. if yes. you put in.com it will still work so don't Okay, excellent. I'm worried about that. Um, Send in your questions. And yeah, I'm just happy to answer any questions that people excellent. have. Excellent. That's amazing. So, why don't we have a listen to one more song? So, Chloe's a classical violinist, but um, she does collaborations with interesting people for interesting projects. And personally, one of my most favorite recently. And actually, I listened to it yesterday, it made me cry. <laughs> You guys have never heard Adele this way, I promise it. So here we go.
we're back. So guys, this was an amazing performance. I absolutely love this song. And um, I guess what we want to know a bit more is you manage your social media all by yourself. <laughs> what, what, what advice would you give to someone who's basically starting off in social media? Like, um, as to in, not do it all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not actually what I would recommend. But I mean, if you can manage it yourself, I think it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's better to be like, really personal with people and to connect on a, on that sort of level. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it really can, it is a full-time job and it does really take over your life if you're not careful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, what did you want to ask me about that exactly? Well, as in, uh, when do you think it's the right time to hire help? <laughs> I'm not really sure. I mean, I think like I could technically be at that point, but I'm just, you know, I, it's still really important for me to feel like I'm, um, personally connected to people. It's just that mm -hmm. it's getting to be too many people to be trying to be personally connected to, but, um, so I haven't really figured out a solution for, um, you know, finding a balance between the two, like mm -hmm. having someone help me with stuff, but me still being active on it. Um, so I, so I don't really know the right answer for that. I think as long as you can, um, do it yourself and plan and schedule it in advance so that it doesn't, you know, <laughs> interrupt your life all the time right, and, right. uh, and, and stay, I don't know what the word is, objective, stay, uh, no, stay like kind of disconnected from it a bit, like emotionally, because it can get, mm -hmm. it can really mess with your head. Like in all these studies that have been done on social media and how it like can affect your, um, your psyche kind of. Yeah. Like it's true, you know, and it's, it's awful because I feel like a lot of my, what, what I'm trying to do with my Instagram account, especially is to do the opposite of that. Tell kids yes. not to let these things get to them, not to let stuff take over their life, not to let it consume mm -hmm. them, not to be perfectionistic, not to do, you know, all of these mistakes that I made as a kid and a teenager growing up, you know, I'm trying to really encourage, um, students to find joy, humor, inspiration and in music and not make it too much of a clinical thing because it's really easy for it to turn right into that. And the problem is social media is the exact same way. Mm -hmm. So like it can start out as a fun, joyous, inspirational kind of thing, but it can very quickly turn into just analytics, you know, checking the number, like all yeah, this affecting yeah. your emotions, like all it's, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting how like similar the two things are, you know, art and social media and um, being a performer. Um, so, you know, you have to kind of try to disconnect yourself from it a little bit, which is ironic because the whole thing is about connecting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's true. Like, that's true. That's why I struggle. Not to be but, dependent um, on it, but use it as yeah. a tool to connect with real people. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, take, I guess what you have to think is to take all the positive stuff you can get from it mm -hmm. and then just, you have to work really hard to not let the negative side of it affect you. Um, you know, that I could go on all day about 
the side effects of social media. Well, well that, but I can go on all day about um, strategies for growing your social media yeah. accounts. You know, I can I can tell you I can talk myself blue in the face about um, yeah. hashtag strategies or how to edit your posts or the kind of color schemes to use yeah. or the timing or analytics or schedulers. Like I can go on and on and on about all mm-hmm. this, but you know. I hesitate to because that is the clinical side of it that is not, um, not as, that's the part of it that can take over your life in yeah. a bad way. Yeah. And um, it's hard because that's also what's necessary usually for it to grow, mm-hmm. you know? That's so, true. so I think, if, like I said before, you have to kind of find a balance. You have to know, you have to make sure you post good content and post consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, interact and engage with people, but try to make it about, um, about those connections, about real, about real people, about real information, about wanting, you know, for me, it's about wanting to help others and give them information that I wish I had growing up as a young artist. Yep. Um, cause I don't want people to have to s- struggle and suffer through a lot of the things that I did. So that's the kind of information that I try to share on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how my account really started. I think when it got to be tricky was when I did actually start getting real work from Instagram because I had conductors or different people approach me and wanting to, you know, collaborate with me or hire me for concerts or things like that. Then it became tricky because suddenly it was about suddenly it was about work, and suddenly it was about you know providing <laughs> income for me right. to live. So then I'm like trying to do these two, that, that's when it started taking over my life a little bit and it started becoming more pro- problematic because mm-hmm. then I was even busier with more work and then I was trying to maintain the social media account and it just got, it, it kind of became a runaway train a little bit. Right. But, um, but you know, I, I've been finding a balance with it. I think everyone will probably go through that phase where they realize that it's becoming an issue for them and they just have to decide like, I'm going to continue with this, but figure out how to do it differently, or I'm going to stop because it's destroying my life, or uh, I'm going to continue and it's fine, you know? So I think everyone kind of has a different... I think a great person on this is Gary Vee. I follow Gary Vee, and he's, uh-huh. uh, he says basically, you have to stop obsessing over, you know, what people would want to watch and make it true about your passion, make it about what makes you happy, and right. just, you know, just if violin or music or whatever, like collecting stickers is your biggest passion, just do it, right? And people will follow because of that true passion. And it doesn't, right. doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be edited, doesn't have to be right. the ideal color scheme, whatever. <laughs> so just, you have to just start putting things out there, right? Overcoming your fears right. of being judged and just go for it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, well, social media got us in touch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've met a lot just because of Instagram yeah. and social it's it's been it's been a real blessing to me mm-hmm. so I don't want it to you know I don't want to sound like I'm you know putting a being a downer about it but it's just you know I want people to know the reality of it that yes. it's not all there's that, another side yeah yeah it's really I actually but, wonder your collaboration with 92 keys did you guys meet on social media or did you just <laughs> collaborate you know kind of it was it was kind of a mix of social media and real in-person connections um a violinist who uh used to play with 92 keys uh, is actually one of my personal friends she uh, grew up in Fort Worth 
her name's Krista. And, you know, so we were kind of like connected that way, but I think he also knew me from social media. So it was like, it was like a little bit of both for that one. Nice. So the track you guys heard was today um, playing Rolling in the Deep, Adele. It's by Chloe Trevor and Trevor Looks. So two Trevors <laughs> in yeah. one video. <laughs> My favorite moment was that freeze frame. It, it was just epic. Yeah, I don't know how, he, how they I did it. I don't know how he did it. I mean, I, I, I know how he did it. Like, standing there and watching him do it, but I have absolutely no idea how he did it. It's mind-blowing. I sent it to my producer. We're going to decode it. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's so fantastic. Well, Chloe, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing passion, your just, you know, life purpose and music and bringing people together and creating a close Trevor Music Academy. So guys, if you're looking to apply to the Academy, it's not too late yet. We still have a few days. Go ahead to ChloeTrevorMusicAcademy.org, fill out an application. If you just want to support, support, go ahead. I did that actually. I sent them some money. So shh, yeah, don't tell anyone so I did. <laughs> so just, you know, show your support. Um, we need more programs like these, genuine heartfelt and intense, super active programs that you can actually learn and become an artist throughout, if you wish. Um, so you can also find Chloe on Facebook at Chloe Trevor Violin, YouTube at Unicorn Stars. <laughs> you, you can, can find, find Chloe Trevor. You can find Chloe, you Trevor? Chloe Trevor. You'll find, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. <laughs> you can I also. Put, I mm -hmm. changed, I put the vanity, whatever it's called, the vanity URL on there, so yeah. you can go to Chloe Trevor Networks. Because oh, I made amazing. that account when I was like, you know, 15. Nice. <laughs> so. Well, unicorns are cool still. <laughs> yes. So we can also find Chloe on her website, chloetrevor.com. You can most importantly follow her on Instagram at chloetrevor underscore violin or chloetrevor um, music. Oh my God. I, I keep messing up that <laughs> one. Okay. Chloe, Chloe Trevor Trevor Music Academy. Academy. Yeah, so go ahead, send in your questions about the application. Just check out videos about the camp. Check out the amazing instructors they have this year. And go ahead, apply. <laughs> so thank you, Chloe, so much. Um, I do have a little sort of thing. Like, we do like to have fun. And I know it's 10 p.m., so I'm kind of like out of my mind too but uh why don't we do this i think i think we i think we should do this so there's a little game we play on our show like you have to answer your questions really really fast so oh, no. it's like <laughs> it's sort of like rapid fire except uh -huh. uh, you only have one minute to answer 10 questions so <laughs> they're not like super important questions some of them are most of them are silly so <laughs> why don't we try it okay so okay. i got my timer here somewhere yes um, actually, let's test. I think I think I am able to play it while I'm talking to you. Tell me if you can hear the timer. 30 second countdown. Six. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? No? Okay, never mind. But can you hear me talk while I'm playing it? I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yay! Okay, we can do this. Okay, guys. Okay, let me set up. Are we ready? Okay, are you ready? So you're yes. going to have 10 questions. Six seconds to answer each one of them. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Ready? Two, one. Okay. At what age did you pick up violin? When I was two. Okay. What's your dog's name? Kimiko. Woo! How old is your violin? Oh my gosh. Like 244. Wow. <laughs> okay. What, what motivates you? 
Short, short answer. All right, which YouTuber you just can't stop watching? Oh dear. Um, <laughs> we're like halfway through. Okay, okay. Your favorite pieces to perform? Name three. Awesome. Name three people you admire. Okay, dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay, name three musicians you follow on Instagram. Ah, we ran out of time. <laughs> but what are the three musicians that you follow on Instagram that are your favorite? Um, obviously Hilary Hahn, mm -hmm. and who else do I like on there? Tessa Lark, and... Oh yeah, and she's great. Ross Holmes is also awesome. Woohoo, amazing. So we didn't make it in time because the answers were just too big. <laughs> <laughs> okay but that's it you made it so we, we got to know a little bit more about your day in life about your passion about your music and so yeah guys i guess what would you say before you go just a little sort of you know piece of wisdom piece of advice for any young musician trying to share the music in the world today what's the one thing you would share with us um to just really make sure that you're always staying true to yourself and doing what makes you happy as a musician. And, you know, don't feel like you're confined to any one particular path as a musician. I felt like that was my trouble growing up was I felt like there was only one option. Right. And if I didn't do that, then I was a failure. Um, but, you know, as we get into like, this technological age there's more and more options as musicians which is really cool like you know instagram and stuff didn't even exist when i was growing up yeah. so just you know always keep an open mind and just always be learning but you know mostly just stay true to yourself and always believe in yourself that you can do what you want to accomplish mm -hmm. that's great well thank you so much chloe it's been such an inspiration. I'm like red in the face because I've learned so much. <laughs> so um, I would love to connect in a few months and you can tell uh -huh. us all about this year at the Academy and yeah. <laughs> all the amazing experiences you guys had. So absolutely. Uh, we'd love to have you back to hear more about your upcoming projects and yeah. amazing, you know, musical endeavors. So thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in. This was Chloe Jeez. Trevor, the Yay. amazing, mesmerizing concert violinist and a super passionate instructor in the world of music. So we will see you guys next week with more amazing guests. <laughs> Can't wait. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye. That's all folks. If you like Iron Fiddle songs, download them at irabermanka.com forward slash music. See you next time.